Well, unfortunately, a common picture in our culture today is a picture like this, because most of us, if not all of us, have a phone, right? I couldn't bring myself to, look, to, to find a picture of a real person. I just felt too bad. It's like a cartoon, nobody feels bad for that guy. But some of us have that same story. Like that's, you know, it's a very dangerous thing to, to walk, you know, with your head down. Typically these days it's looking at your phone, which is, by the way, it's great for chiropractors. The business for chiropractors is fantastic these days because, you know, got the cell phone neck thing going on. But there is one thing worse, and, and I would never encourage you to do this. I would never, one thing that is actually worse and even more dangerous is to walk with your eyes fully closed. That's very dangerous. You could end up anywhere. And if you've ever tried this, try it in an open place, you know, if you do, not anywhere where there's, you know, streets or cars or anything like that. The, the biggest challenge, right, none of you are like, well, I've never thought about doing this until you've mentioned it, but... The biggest challenge is to actually walk in a straight line. If you decide to, to close your eyes and start walking, and then you get to a certain point, maybe 20 feet you know, away from where you started, you look back, I doubt that it was a straight line. You've probably wandered somehow. It's a little bit of a zigzag movement. You're like, oh, okay, if I, if I would have had my eyes open, I would have walked in a straight line toward the target in which I was aimed. So let me use this metaphor in a more specific way in the context of a church. This is what I feel like we would end up doing if we just decided to show up and have a nice church and do whatever it is that we wanted to do. It would essentially be kind of a zigzag movement where we would arrive at the end of our lives and be like, yeah, I like my church. We did, we did a lot of fun things, and it was a good church to be a part of. We would be falling short of God's ideal, as opposed to considering God's word, considering God himself and what he spoke through his son, Jesus Christ, as a very clear plan for the church being his primary means for reaching the world. So we live in a day and age where it's pretty comfortable, right? We're hanging out here. We got our coffee and, you know, the seats are, are nice. We're like, we could probably settle in here, you know, for a couple of hours and be okay. Not going to be a couple of hours, by the way, if you're a first-time guest. And, you know, we're not, there's not too many interruptions to our everyday life. We're not, you know, suffering, probably most of us, from persecution like other uh, Christ followers in other parts of the world. And so we could easily get away with just playing church and, and just having, having a nice time. But God is very clear in what our aim should be. We're not left to try to figure this out on our own. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, some of his final words to his followers and his words to us, it's called the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, notice this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Notice that. We don't have authority. I don't have authority. This isn't our church, none of us. All authority has been given to God, and so the first step is to submit to his authority. God, what would you have us to do as a church? Verse 19, therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's not, therefore, go to church. Wow, that's the fullness of my plan for your life, is to go to church. No, go be the church on the move, making disciples, not just in Boone County, but literally of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Signifies life surrendered to Christ. Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's a lot, isn't it? Oh, everything I've commanded you. And here's the greatest promise. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Not only do we not have authority, fortunately the one who does is with us. We never have to figure this out on our own. So how are we doing in our going? 
Now, again, I know that there's just so many timelines, so many different timelines represented between the Burlington campus and the Union campus, and some people just started coming. Some of you have been coming for literally 50-plus years, which, which is awesome. So this is an examination of how are we doing in our going. Are we moving toward a focused target, understanding that God has called us to be on the move to accomplish his mission, but to move with purpose, again, toward a clear target? What does this look like, purposeful movement? Specifically in the coming months, if we're going to accomplish God's primary purpose of the church, which is to go, to reach, and to make disciples. Now, this is a no compromise situation, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't want to go to a church that is just a nice service, where it's like, okay, I had a great experience, right? Don't settle for, for that. So here's, and we're going to get specific now. That's why today's going to feel a little bit different, not a typical message. Here's what's coming up specifically. Here's how we're aiming to align ourselves with God's command through his son, Jesus Christ, to go, to reach, and to make. So over a year ago, uh, we had uh, been through a transition in the Burlington campus room specifically where uh, we, could, we knew, found out we could add 100 more seats by going from pews to the seats that we have in the room now, along with the fact that there were many stains, right? That's kind of where the conversation started. It's like, okay, these need to be be improved or changed somehow, what's the best next step? So in that transition, we were out of this room for two weeks. So we started thinking, okay, well, let's, let's do something fun as opposed to, oh, well, sorry, you know, we gotta just you know, come back in two, two weeks. So we were out for two Sundays, and so the first Sunday we went uh, to the gym uh, here on the Burlington campus. But then the second week, uh, fortunately, we had this idea, uh, at least a few months in advance, reached out to um, Josh Anderson, the general manager of the Florence Freedom Baseball team. Uh, they play at UC Health Stadium. He's like, hey, how cool would it be if that second week that we're out, we have both campuses come and we have a worship service outside, right? Hopefully that works out in the middle of July, right? This could be you know, a very bad experience. And many of you were at that, and fortunately the weather was perfect, and you know, God blessed that, honored it, we got lucky, however it turned out, it was an awesome experience. Many of you came out, and you're like, we have to do this again. We're like, well, I guess we could. Like, we had a very specific logistical reason as to why, and honestly, our plan, our vision for that experience was small. It will be fun, it'll be great just having both campuses together, right? Unified church, and that's reason enough. But then we started thinking, why would we do this primarily for us? <laughs> Think about what God has commanded us to do. Think about why we have church at all. We wanna make it as easy as possible for people to encounter the good news and grace of Jesus Christ. And the reality that we live in, the reality of many of our relationships is a lot of people we encounter have no interest in coming to a church. But maybe, just maybe, if we decide to throw a party at the UC Health Stadium, you know, in a totally different environment, outside and you know, we got a little bit smarter, we're not doing July, we're gonna do September. Maybe we can invite people that would come that wouldn't come otherwise. And we're gonna go all out, right? It's a church service, but beyond that, before and after the church service, there's gonna be a lot of fun things specifically for kids. So that's September 23rd. Uh, many of you already know that. If you're a first-time guest, put that on your radar. Don't show up here, right? Like, wow, I really like this church. Can't wait to come back. Don't come back September 23rd. We're gonna be at UC Health Stadium. And again, both campuses combined, but the primary reason has changed. We want to go all out throwing a party for people who aren't interested in church, who don't know the current uh, possibility and reality of the goodness of the grace of Jesus Christ that's literally for everyone. How will they know <laughs> if we go? And so this is a little bit different, right, to have church in a place like that. But we believe that there are people that will show up there that wouldn't show up otherwise. So here's the value that I wrote down. We're a church who throws parties without invitations, 
because everyone is always invited. We don't do invitations because invitations are selective. Well, God says everyone's invited. Now, coming up in, in October, right, we're going to move, move along between now and the end of the year because now and the end of the year, it's basically everything outreach, right? And so everything is a, an open door, kind of an on-ramp is the language we use with our staff for people to easily connect with a next step. October 14th, uh, we've been doing this for the last uh, few decades, uh, we're going to have our missions fair. And this is a highlight uh, every single year because we have all the missionaries that we support, both local, locally and internationally, come and gather with us across both campuses. And uh, if you've been here for any time at all, you know that uh, First Church has always greatly valued missions. In fact, we give 16% of our budget to missions. It's a very high number by comparison of many of the churches that I know about because this is what it looks like to go. Oh, another way to go if we can't go physically is to support those who are literally going and are physically there in these places where they are suffering persecution. So we're a church who believes that everyone matters and everyone should know they matter. So here's the caveat to, to kind of mark mentally down in, in your, your mind and to be praying about as we lead into toward October 14th. Uh, it's been a few years since we did child sponsorships. So I know many of you, several hundred of our church family already sponsor a child. But part of that missions fair weekend and, and even the week after is encouraging people to sponsor uh, a child in a certain community in Nairobi, Kenya. And we have the opportunity to literally sponsor the rest of the village there. And so just putting that on your radar to be praying for that. Because not only do we believe everyone matters, we want to prove it. We want everyone to know they matter. And so many of us who've been sponsoring a child for a long time, you know what that feels like to be able to encourage with your words and writing letters and even being able to give gifts, especially during the holidays, but also financially supporting people so that they can go through school and they can have their basic needs. Now, after October 19th or 14th, five days later, October 19th, we're gonna do an event that we've never done before. And uh, it's gonna kind of take over most of the Burlington campus and it's gonna be called Bible Land. This is a multi-sensory experience specifically for special needs children and students. This is an area where we have to get better at. Because in, in some of you, you know, right, you've been navigating this your, your in, entire time of, of raising kids. And when I say many of you, many of you are continuing to do this because you know that it's, there's no next chapter, right? Even as they move into adulthood. And, you know, First Church is a 54-year-old church, and uh, I feel like we've had the heart for this. We just haven't had the tangible avenue for being a primary blessing to special needs families. There's a high ceiling. There's a great need, and we, there's, gr there's great opportunity, and we want to go after it. And so this is going to be a, a huge event specifically for these special needs families where they can come and have this experience that's called Bible Land, and it'll just be a great blessing for them. So this is October 19th. Now, what's next beyond upcoming events? And here's where I want to spend probably the next 10 minutes or so. What's coming up beyond uh, just events and so something that's going to be happening, you know, on a weekly basis? Now, many of you, as already been clear today, campuses are one of our primary strategies for, for reaching people. Again, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to come to church. Not just come to church, but open door to meeting Jesus Christ and understanding the grace that he has offered them. So at the Union Campus here currently, there are people who are a part of the First Church family that wouldn't be there if in 2012 we didn't decide to go to where they are, right? Not incredibly far away, but we want to make it as easy as possible for people to experience a church family. 
And so knowing that's one of our primary strategies, it's like, okay, well, where's the next location? Where's the third campus going to be? And so this is something that we pray about, and we believe that God would make clear. And it's also something that we don't have our personal agenda with. Like, that's fun. That's exciting to start a third campus, but we're not going to force the issue. We're not going to be like, oh, wow, this would be a really cool place or uh, a place that has, you know, specific opportunity and be like, well, it's going to cost a lot of money, but we're going to do it anyway. No, that's not good stewardship. We believe that God is going to make it obvious, you know, the place or, you know, if, if a specific church reaches out to us and needs help or something like that, but we want to be good stewards of the resources that God has given us. And so currently, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's been, you know, a few years, I guess we're going to launch that. Uh, we're not at, at that place currently. The Union Campus, many of you know, even though many of you in this room, you know, live in Burlington, those of you at the Union Campus, you see this and you know all the plans that are coming with road construction and schools. We're behind pace and keeping up with the growth there. And so there are, there's, there's 20 acres right behind the Union Campus for sale for $5 million. So we're going to take up an offering to it. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. <laughs> That would be awesome. Like, those 20 acres, we would love to have that. We, you know, and so we, you know, we'd have big dreams, an activity center, right, you know, the, where you know, kids could come play soccer for free, whatever it might be, you know, expand the facilities there. And that's, that would be a waste of money. We're paying $5 million for dirt, right? That's, that's prime time property there. And then you add however many more uh, millions, right, to build the facility that you would want there. And so if God wants to provide that through whatever crazy means, we would welcome that, but we're not going to force that issue. Another possibility, you know, that we've talked about is to reach more people and to create more space, you know, as, as more people kind of crowd into our services, and especially if you've been here on, like, Easter and Christmas Eve, you know, it gets a little crazy. Uh, we've thought about adding a third service, a weekly third service on a Sunday morning. The problem with that is it's hard to find three ideal times on a Sunday morning. And it's not just about convenience, right? I feel like, you know, if we decided to do a 7 a.m. service, there'd be like 10 of you that would come, you know, and be like, okay, that's nice, and... But again, what's the primary reason why the church exists? It's to reach people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so research shows that unchurched people, is you know, what those people are referred to as, typically aren't going to come to a service before 9 a.m. or to a service after 12 p.m. Now, if you did a Sunday evening, that would be a little bit different. And so we've navigated that, and we're like, okay, that's, that doesn't seem like, like that's ideal. Another part of the conversation, you know, and I've, I've talked to the Union Campus about this, we're still in conversation about what would it look like to expand the Union facility because, just to keep pace with the growth there, and so we're currently having those conversations. All that to say, here's where we landed. Kicking off on October 25th at the Burlington Campus to start, eventually at Union once we get things up and running, we're going to launch a Thursday night service. And this Thursday night service is going to be the first service of the weekend. It's going to be the exact same as Sunday morning. Now, some of you have heard about this, right? This wasn't like, oh, okay, keep the secret to a big announcement, right? We've, we've talked to our ministry leaders and obviously the staff and our volunteers, and some of you have already um, you know, been reached out to, you know, to, to help serve on that night. And so this is an interesting to think, thing to think about, and, and those of you that are hearing this for the first time, you're like, well, that's, yeah, you're, at, you're wanting to know why. So that's, that's why you're here today. That's what I'm about to speak into. Many of you are like me, you grew up in a church, you went on Sunday morning, and then you came back for Sunday night, and then you may have had a Wednesday midweek, right, when I, the church I grew up in, called Wonderful Wednesdays, right, they were, they were wonderful, you know, you have a meal and have your time there, but it was different, 
And so I would say it was a little over a year and a half ago, I started to have conversation with other, conversations with other pastors kind of scattered throughout America who were doing a Thursday night service, and some of them were doing a Wednesday night service that was the same as the weekend. And I thought that was an interesting idea, and so just kind of, you know, reflected on the possibility of that, but didn't really, you know, talk with the staff much. And uh, until, I don't know, five or six months ago, brought it up, and the staff was excited about the possibility. And so a Thursday night... Many of you know that have grown up in the church, uh, it, it sounds a little crazy, but the culture has changed. We don't wish that it's changed in the way that it has. And what I mean by that is when we were growing up, Sunday was sacred, right? There was nothing else going on on Sunday. Businesses closed. Uh, I remember one, one lady that I used to mow her lawn. She wouldn't let me mow her lawn on, on Sundays, right? It was a highly respected day, a day of rest where other activities, you know, weren't happening. That's changed. And and part of me, you know, the last five to ten years, like, all right, we gotta we gotta figure this out. We gotta get families to just say no to all school activities on Sundays, and we gotta get Sunday back. But you got you reach a certain point where you understand how short life is, and you have to embrace the reality of our culture. So what does it look like to meet our culture where they are? When Sunday, unfortunately, is just another day of the week for, for other people. And so there are people who are so active, right? They're busy, you know, in that stage of life, whether it's through going to the lake or having certain hobbies, traveling sports leagues. It's like, oh, church is on the weekend? That's the only reason I, I need for not coming. Like, that's the logistical obstacle, primary logistical obstacle for a lot of people. And so they're not, they might be slightly interested in church, but because it's on the weekend, they'll never give it a chance. So why Thursday night? Don't miss the primary reason. It's not just another convenient option for, for us. Just like the seats weren't for us, it's to reach more people. Number one, to expand the opportunity for people to connect to a church family. To expand the opportunity for people to connect to a church family. Second reason is this, to reach those who are unable to attend on a weekend, which some of you I know fall into that. And so we have people that have been a part of the church, first church family for a long time, but there's certain stretches of the year where you're not able, able to come. And because you have certain things going on, especially with your kids, traveling soccer, volleyball, and maybe you've gone to a church before and you've heard somebody like me, you know, stand up and be like, oh, yeah, that's just too much. And it can get crazy, right? It's pretty serious there. But you feel guilty. In fact, one of our families, uh, I don't know, about four months ago, we were having this conversation. Their, their daughter's part of a, a traveling volleyball league, and they would missed church for, you know, a long stretch, and they, they felt guilty. And, you know, they, they love First Church and wanted to be here. And they're like, yeah, we're having the conversation where it's like, man, maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't keep doing this volleyball league because it is it does get a little crazy. Many of you parents know that. And then he told me about how some of the families in that traveling volleyball community had reached out to them to ask them if they would lead a Bible study or devotional when they were gone on the weekends. It's like, think about this for a second. By telling people that, no, we only do church on Sunday mornings, they were forcing them to make a decision, and what would they end up, be, what would they end up sacrificing? Their primary influence and opportunity for building intentional relationships with people who don't have a relationship with Christ. Now, yes, they would be able to experience this, and this, this matters, this is great, but what if they could do both? What if they could come on Thursday nights, get equipped, encouraged, and filled up so that they can even better go and build those relationships, but also invite other people to do the same? And so, 
in our community, right, Thursday night, you know, probably one day might be, you know, a, a more popular option, or maybe this will fail and, and, and it won't be an option, a good option for anybody. And by the way, this is an experiment. We're not afraid to fail. And we might get into this and be like, well, thank you for the 20 of you that have been coming for the last two months. We're going to move on from here. <laughs> but we believe that there are a lot of people out there when they find out, oh, church on a Thursday night? Oh, yeah, I'll check that out especially as families like this family that I'm alluding to are out there loving people in the best way possible and we're making it as easy as possible for them to connect with a church family. Uh, I'm in a, my wife and I live in a newer subdivision and the family next to us, a young couple, as they were building, uh, we met them in that process and uh, we were outside and, and she saw me and she goes, Hey, I know you. This is before we officially met. She goes, hey, I know you. I'm like, oh, hope this conversation doesn't end up creepy because they're right next door. <laughs> and she said, uh, I've been watching your messages online for over a year now. But she's never been to First Church on a Sunday morning because she works for Amazon. Now, she's connected to a small group, which I think is awesome, right? And she's come to some of our other uh, things that have happened outside of Sunday. And so I think of people like her, people that work at places like Amazon, you know, warehouses and factories, work in a specific shift, but we've also learned about the number of medical personnel, right? And they're hyped about this. And uh, we had somebody uh, reach out to me that works for the Creation Museum. And they're like, you know, we got, I think she said uh, 1,600 employees. Many of them work the weekend. Many of them are new. They don't have a church family. And so they asked me to come lead their, their uh, all staff devotional for all, you know, several hundred of their employees there so that we could invite them to be a part of a church family where they might not have the opportunity because the weekend is the only option. And also a couple things to, to make sure that is on your radar. Our primary middle school night at the Burlington campus will take place on Thursday nights. And so at Union Campus, it'll be on Sunday nights. And so as we build a critical mass, as hopefully we get to a place where we can create more space at the Union Campus, we'll launch a Thursday night service there. But obviously, we want to start well and get this right and uh, get to a point where everything is exactly in sync there. Another thing that we're navigating with Thursday nights is what's the ideal service time? So it's a, it's a school night right during the school year. And so uh, 6.45, maybe 7 is probably too late. Supposed to be going to do like an hour-long service. So we landed at 6.30, which for some parents nav navigating that transition of dinner, that's going to be a full-on blitz. So we're planning on having food trucks. We want to make it as easy as possible for people to come and to get food, hopefully at an affordable price, right? That's still to be determined. So if you got an inside on there, and it's just going to be fun. And so we got, you know, the food trucks out there. we got middle school night going on. And here's a third reason for why Thursday nights. This isn't a first church thing, this is a nationwide thing when it comes to church. We're missing young adults. Those 20-somethings that are falling through the cracks that are kind of in the in-between, like, yeah, maybe I'll get serious about church when I get married, Man, maybe, maybe not, but when I have a kid, okay, maybe then. Like, that's a significant gap, right? And so I feel like we have, you know, passionate 20-somethings and young adults in our first church family, but think about, many of us know the number of people that we come in contact with that are navigating the young adult stage who aren't interested and aren't coming. And so after our Thursday night service will be our primary young adult social gathering night. And so to reach more young adults is another answer to why Thursday. But I would summarize it, why Thursday with this? Simply because hope is for everyone. Hope is for everyone. And we believe that we're missing someone. And we'll find out when we, want, when we launch Thursday night. John three sixteen is very clear. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And so the question is, do we? Are we, a, as a church, always looking to expand 
our love? Or are we just content? It's like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is nice. Yeah, we got a good number here. Everybody's kind of happy. We're like, no. There should always be a sense of urgency, a sense of holy discontentment within us. Like, what's next? What's next always has a name. Someone that we know, someone who is out there who, they, they believe that there's, there's only hopelessness. And they have a testimony, a life you know, track that proves that. We can tell them otherwise. We believe hope is for everyone. The primary goal is not for more people to come to church. All right, we got a lot of people come to church. No, that's not the goal for any of us. Check that box off. All right, church, I'm good to go. No, it's to follow more closely, more boldly after Christ so that we can live more intentionally and lead others to do the same. When I come to church, hopefully when you come to church, you're better for the rest of the week. You find that you're loving people more, more gracefully. You're, we're filled up, not for the sake of just walking around filled up. It's so that we can then go and live and empty ourselves with the grace and love that we carry, that we've experienced in church, the grace of Jesus Christ. I mentioned some of you have already been reached out to, and Brian Heckber, our outreach pastor, had a cool story about when he sent an email out to the guest services team, like, hey, we're launching Thursday night. Would any of you be willing to switch from uh, Sundays to Thursday? Uh, to help launch this. And guest services is, is hugely important. Many of you know, whether, whatever side you've been on of that experience, that's first impression stuff. And he was surprised at the number of people who said, I'll do both. I'll just do both. He's like, uh, okay, that's what we do as staff. We just say, yeah, that sounds great, right? And then once you get to a place where you get tired, we're like, okay, you need to scale it back a little bit. But here's the, here, I was thinking about this. Here's the, here's the motivation behind those people with those, with those hearts. Many of you are in this room or at the Union campus right now. Matthew 18, verse 12. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. He says, so it is, not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Everyone matters. And so we, I love the heart, the posture of so many of you on the guest services team, like, well, yeah, there's somebody out there that I can make an impact on, we can create a great experience for. And when I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about reality television, in a good way, right? A lot of, a lot of bad examples of reality television. My wife, uh, and this is, you know, we've had different shows, you know, for several years now. I remember, like, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, and uh, my wife really likes that, that show World of Dance, and... All, whatever, whatever show that you watch, like America's Got, Got Talent, guaranteed you're going to get some kind of emotional story, right? They're going to tell you, like, what this person has been through, what they've overcome, and, like, you're emotional before you even see their performance, and you're obviously pulling for them. And uh, I remember, remember back when uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, you know, they got to the point where it said, move that bus, right? It's like, pfft floodgates are open, right? We've been emotionally manipulated the whole time. Not totally bad, but you're like, oh man, this is amazing, it's a beautiful picture. And this is the moment, this is the pinnacle of so many of these people's lives when they've, they've got the house that they could never even imagine, or they're winning competitions and dance, or America's Got Talent, whatever it is, and people stand up and cheer. That's what we should be doing, right? We should be a church family that stands up and cheers for people and lets them know that they have hope too. Hope is for everyone. Everyone belongs a part of the family of God. God said so. All authority was under him. He said how this is supposed to be. So here's, here's the specific challenge as we even begin to close this out because that's kind of like a broad scale, what's next, right? What do we value, right? How are we falling closely after God and his plan for first church? But it's not just about what's next as a church family. It's about what's next for you personally. What is next for you? 
Every one of us, regardless of where we are in our spiritual journey, has a next step to take. So let me give you a couple of options, a couple of encouraging avenues. First might be this, commit to helping launch the Thursday night service over the course of, of seven months. What would that look like? Beginning October 25th, this is Burlington campus and Union campus, even though it launches at the Burlington campus to start. You're saying, hey, I wanna be a part of this for October until the end of the school year. There'd be a seven month stretch. How do you know if you're that person? Well, if you currently know of someone who can't go to church or isn't interested in church on the weekend, but they might be, right? This is, again, this is the why. We're not thinking, oh, does that work for my schedule? No, has God led me into a relationship where if I was going to a Thursday night, this would be an easier invite to that person? Another reason maybe for you is if you have a middle schooler. You have a middle schooler specifically who has relationships with other middle schoolers who aren't currently going to church but might come on a Thursday night. Or maybe you're at a place where it's like, you know, I, I feel disconnected from the church family because of my personal weekend schedule. I'm only able to come once a month or once every two months. This is a way for me to feel more connected and to be more active in the church is to personally decide to come on a Thursday. So our goal is to have 300 current attenders, part of our church family, to commit to helping launch for a seven-month stretch. Not that we're gonna end it at that point, but we're not gonna have you commit for the rest of your lives, right? Seven months to start. Uh, for the uh, October until the end of the school year. So two options here that you can write on the connect card, which is in front of you, and you can put this in the offering bowl when it goes through toward the end of the service. You can write either Thursday attend, like, hey, I wanna be a part of this, right? I'm gonna attend, I'm gonna be in this room, uh, and, and I'm gonna you know, be engaged, right? I, I'm gonna anticipate, I'm, I'm just naturally excited about this. Or Thursday serve. If you wanna be a part of, of serving in, in a different avenue, whether it's in the children's area or guest services, just write Thursday serve on the connect card. So that's the Thursday conversation. Here's a few other next steps I wanna encourage you toward. Every single one of us have a next step to take. A small group. We call small groups life groups. Next Sunday, August 19th, and in two Sundays, August 26th. Next two weeks, most important thing that is gonna be in the lobbies that you can sign up for is to be a part of a small group. Now, I don't wanna to get too bogged down in the details here, but those of you that have been coming for a while, you know that we used to have a bulletin tear-off, and I would stand up here and say, all right, we want everybody to fill out the bulletin tear-off. Some of you have been coming for 40 years. You haven't done it one single time, right? <laughs> That's a pipe dream. Like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice if everybody did what we asked them to do? Like, not going to happen. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm here. No, nah. like, you said church is a place for rest, right? I'm resting my hands, not writing down anything, whatever your reason was. <laughs> and so as the church grows, the, the reality is it's, it's easier to miss people. Right, And so if you didn't put anything on paper, which is a lot of you, then uh, we would, it would be easy for us to not even know that you were here. The way for someone to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're missing is if you're a part of a life group. Because I guarantee you, you miss even just one small group, somebody's gonna let you know, hey, we missed you tonight. And I hate that you know, that can happen. You can come on a Sunday morning, slip in, slip out, and right, we, we don't know that you're here. That's the reality of a growing church. But hopefully you wanna be a part of a, a growing church. But no, the why behind life groups, because church is not a service, church is a family. Church is not a service, church is a family. And that's fully lived out through being a part of a small group. And again, just coming to church, to a church service makes it difficult to feel like family, right? You're all facing toward me in this moment, and we hope that after the service is over, you gather and you connect with each other. But most of what consists of a Sunday morning experience, it makes it difficult to connect relationally. So that's why small groups are absolutely foundational. So that starts next week. That'll go on for the next two weeks, and that'll be out in the lobby. When it comes to life, we believe that no one should walk alone. That's the value. We believe that no one should walk alone because God himself displayed that. 
Another next step that you can take, and this will also be out in the small group, and I'm not going to go into the details, like we have all kinds of small groups, men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, uh, young adult groups. But another group uh, that, that we believe at some point every single person should connect with is financial peace. Now, how do you know whether or not you should sign up for financial peace? It's if you've never gone through financial peace. I'm being, I'm being serious, and some of you are like, oh, okay, that sounds nice. That sounds for people that are you know, in trouble. Like, no, this is establishing proactive measures for, for getting things squared away in the financial realm. And finances is the primary relationship marriage killer. And so these are getting tools that are necessary. Now, if, there is no, if you have debt at all, there's no conversation to be had in your family. Like, this is primary. Like, okay, we're going to go after this. And so you can find out more details uh, next week and you sign up for that. It's going to begin September 16th. Now, some of you are in here, uh, or you're connected with other people that you haven't even taken that first most important step in choosing Christ as your Savior. You're like, okay, that, that all sounds nice, right? I understand I shouldn't just, you know, be content with coming to a church that has a nice service. No, it begins with surrendering my life, that's a pretty big deal, to the person of Jesus Christ and letting him be in charge of my life. The culmination of that decision is the picture and the reality of baptism. That's tonight. We, once a year, we go to the YMCA and have a baptism celebration. And so the, if you're here today and you've kind of been going back and forth, like this is a wide open door, invitation, opportunity to choose Christ your Savior and to really celebrate it in a party-like atmosphere. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so that's tonight at the YMCA. Last possible next step, you know, practically, logistically that you can take is our first step class. So I know those of you at the Union Campus, we kind of go back and forth. The next one is going to be September 9th here at the Burlington Campus where you can go and get an orientation basically of of even more detail than I've explained today as far as who is First Church? What do they value, right? What does this look like if I'm gonna be a part of this church family? So that's September 9th. Let me conclude with this, because this is the next step every single day for all of us. This is our challenge. Matthew chapter nine, verses 35 to 38. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Notice this. This is our example. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Here it is. Here's our, here's our call. Here's our next step. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Our primary task, regardless of where we are on our spiritual journey, isn't just to Pray to God for, that he will align things in our life or for the people around our lives. No, we are to pray even beyond that, we pray for more workers. God, bring more workers, right? And he says if, if we pray for, the, for that, he will. It's not just pray for more people to come to church. Pray for more people who are outward focused, living beyond the walls, wanting to make more disciples and living out that very clear command that Jesus has given every single one of us. So may we not settle for merely coming to church and saying that was a nice church service, right? That's part of it, but that's the first step. That's the open door to connection, to making a difference, and specifically making disciples. This is God's command. And this is, it's a responsibility, but it's also an opportunity. It's really kind of crazy. Like, we all know how imperfect and broken we are. And Jesus said, I'm leaving. You, can, you got this. Why? Because I'm leaving my spirit with you. We never go alone. We're in this together with God's spirit leading us.